Welcome to the show, folks. This is Wrestling Changed My Life. Here we go. Long story short, our whole wrestling team gets invited to backstage Motley Crue. It's like across the street. This is the night before we're wrestling for our third title. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gents, welcome back to Wrestling Changed My Life. This is your host, Ryan Warner. My guest today is Brian Glenn. He was a two-time All-American for the Fighting Illini. Now he's an elite high school coach at one of the top public schools in the Chicagoland area. Fan of the Week goes to the Co-College Wrestling Program on qualifying four individuals for the D3 Nationals. Congrats to Brock Henderson, Riley Wright, Cole Erickson, and Taylor Maiman. Awesome job, gentlemen. Before we get to the episode, quick shout-out to our happy hour that we're holding this Saturday in New Jersey at the Brick House Tavern and Tap from 3 to 5 p.m. That's this Saturday in New Jersey, about 10 minutes from the Rutgers Rack Arena at the Brick House Tavern and Tap. If you're going to be there, text WRESTLE to 555-888, and we'll get you signed up for the event. That's WRESTLE to 555-888. And that's it, folks. Let's give it up for Brian Glenn. Peace! So, started obviously at a pretty young age. Started in uh, around kindergarten. Um, you know, I think like a lot, like a lot of other kids, I had no. I guess I was a little unique in that uh, I didn't have any family members that wrestled. Uh, dad didn't wrestle. No brothers. Um, really didn't know anything about the sport. But of course, watched WWF at the time. Was a big fan. So that's the next progression. Getting to wrestling. Um, got in. Was was terrible. Didn't win a match. Uh, first two, two, three years. I mean, I was bad. Yeah. Um, and I remember, I remember talking later with my mom and she's like, yeah, you said you wanted to quit and I wanted to quit. I think I wanted to join like floor hockey or something. She's like, you know what, just give it one more year. And then, you know, I picked up a couple wins and then from there just slowly started that progression. Um, so I think my whole career was more of like, I was a grinder, you know, I wasn't, uh, yeah. And I think it started it started at a young age, you know. Um but yeah, I was I was not good. I Were was you not like good a, at all. I was IKWF state champ or state placer or... I, I was. I okay. when I got to uh I think around my sixth grade year it just clicked, you know. I and I I do a lot with the youth with the youth kids now. I got three boys of my own, so and I try to tell some of these parents, it's just, it, it's going to, if you're, if you stick with it, it clicks at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, you never know when some people it clicks right away. Um, some people it clicks a little bit later, you know, and you got different points in your career where it clicks and you get to that next level. So for me, um, you know, I just grinded out around my sixth grade year. It just kind of clicked and I, and I got good. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up winning uh, novice state bracket my seventh grade year and then one eighth grade senior year. So uh, two-time state champion uh, IKWF. Which in and Illinois, then, that's huge. People on here are probably sick to death of me talking about IKWF, but I I I, <laughs> I love the uh, the organization of it. So I didn't realize you had three boys. All three of them wrestle. They do. So right what now do you? They do. And I've been meaning to ask someone who has who's an elite coach, but also has kids who wrestle. Because I've had a couple parents ask me this: What would you say to them if every time they lose, they start crying and and kind of freaking out? I mean, obviously you want them to win, but what do you, what do you say to them at that point if they're super young? Yeah, I mean, I think that's just part of the process, you know. I think, I and mean, that's that's why we wrestled, you know. And that's 
I you know, teach my high school kids, you know, building character, overcoming adversity, you know, all those things. And it starts at a young age. You just, you got to constantly remind them, you know, it's, it's, it's okay to lose, but this is how we're going to act, you know? And I've, and I've seen the progression with my own kids, um, that they, and they don't get me wrong. They still come off upset sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not throwing the tantrums. It's not, you know, disrespecting other people. It's okay to be pissed off, but you got to channel those emotions in a certain way and running off the mat crying isn't the most ideal way to do that. Um, but you're not going to do that right away. It's just, it's a learning process just like anything else. Yeah, it's, it really is. And it's such a, such a fine balance because you want them to want to win and not be okay with losing. Cause nothing makes me more upset right. than watching someone who loses and is like joking around. I hate that, you know? Correct. So, yeah. Uh, so it, it is a super fine balance and, um, yeah, I mean, it starts, it starts right away, you know? How many days a week do you got them going? Got them going now, and how old are they? Uh, my oldest is in fifth grade, so I got a fifth grader, third grader, and a first grader. Okay. Um, they uh, the fifth and third grader go about practice three days a week. Uh, first grader goes two days a week. I've tried to limit the tournaments when they were younger. My first graders kind of, you know, he he's got, he goes with his older brother, so he's definitely wrestled a lot more tournaments than my older ones ever had. You know, but I would try to start with two tournaments a year, then three, you know, and then my fifth graders kind of going full blown at this point. Every weekend, yeah. Yeah, not not every weekend. We we take, you know, probably every third go to take one off. It's and again, it's just that balance. I don't yeah. I don't I I'm I don't know what it is. Um I've seen kids get burnt out, you know, I've seen a lot of kids get burnt out. So I'm trying to do the best of my ability, what I think is, is the right situation, you know, and I don't have all the answers. Like, you know, I, people ask me all the time. I think, I think it depends on the kid too, mm-hmm. you know, you have to, uh, that's interesting. Even one to two tournaments a weekend at that age, at, I mean, a, a year at that age, um, it seems pretty light, but I mean, it makes sense. I mean, no one even remembers anything that happens before high school right. alone at that age, you know? Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard. You know, the youth, we have a great youth program. Um, the guys that I kind of put in place there, and I get that, you know, they want the kids to wrestle every weekend. And I totally get that. They're putting in tons of time. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. You know, and but I'm looking at it as like the high school. I'm like, hey, I want that kid to be a stud in high school. Mm-hmm. I don't care how he is right now, you know. Um, but you got to find that fine balance. I think we I think our club and we, we do a pretty good job at it. What's the club called? Uh, it's the Linkway Wrestling Club. So you started that kind of that whole the whole vertical stuff. Oh stack that you run you're the head coach of the high school and you started the kids club as well i no, the, the kids club was in place a long time ago um but i just try to get good guys in the area i don't do a lot of coaching for it i just yeah. don't have the time with the high school um kind of hands off on that in that end but we just got we, our area is so good with former wrestlers and um we have two guys that are just really good that that run the club and i tried helping uh just get them in place when the other guys were kind of uh, shifting balances, you know, yeah, I th- shifting I th- power. I mean, you know this, but a high school coach is so time consuming. Coaching a high school team is so time consuming. To do the kids club too is absolutely lunacy. And so getting yeah, some, yeah. some young no guys way. in there and who can go on the Sundays and spend all day there, that that's everything. Because um, your high school's only been around, or the wrestling team's only been around, what, like 10, 12 years? Yeah, this is the – this is the 10th year of the school. The school was built 10 years ago. So this is uh, the 10th year of the school. Man. And you've been the head coach all, uh, all 10 years. Yeah. All 10 years. I was assistant for uh, one year under uh, Mark Rudiger, who's my assistant now, um, at Lincoln way central. And then he came over and became my assistant over here at West, Lincoln way West. Gotcha. And you guys have had a lot of success and we'll talk about that, but man, you've had a chance to learn from two of my favorites, Mark Johnson, and Keith Healy, Man, I can't even imagine what the stories you have with those guys over the years. But let's just start with high school. So you got to Providence. Okay. And for the folks who don't know now, Providence won like five, six titles in a row in Illinois. What, what was the streak back in the day? It was six. Six. Six Unbelievable. titles in a row. And let's not to mention some vicious battles with Mount Carmel, the great caravan teams <laughs> of the 90s. Um, right. Were you part of any of those? Or were you guys pretty much rolling by the time you got there? So when I came in, I was a freshman, uh, Providence just finished third in state. So when I got there, started the run. So, um, 
you know, I didn't, I didn't know any better to be honest. And and I think that's, I've been around so many good programs my whole career. I think that's just helped me a lot. You know, the Orland Park Pioneers and youth were a great program. Then I went to Providence and then obviously Illinois with all good people and great programs. But so when we got, when I got there, I just thought this was the way it is, you know, and we won that first state title. Um, I was a freshman and, and then from there is just, uh, it was just expected, you know, and we, we had some, we had some good kids. We had some hammers on our team. We had some battles, uh, growing up, but yeah, that first one just got the ball rolling and it was hard to stop after we got it going. I didn't realize that Pasolano from Iowa state, he was on those teams. Yeah. He's my age. So, so we, we grew up wrestling against each other. And then, you know, for four years, obviously we're training partners for four years, um, which helps. What was, uh, what was Keith Healy like back in the day? Obviously, Super intense, I'm sure. Was he more of a kind of a hard charger or a people's person, or what? What was he like for the folks who don't know? He he was more of a he was the guy that kept everything in line. We had uh, um, Coach Healy and uh, Scott Richardson, um, you know, two of the top coaches I've ever had. And uh, Richardson was more of the get on you, uh, tear you up, and Healy was more of the people person, organization, keeping every keeping everything in check, um, which is hard to do for six years with some of the personalities we had on that team too. So, um, it was good. They were a good, a a good, good balance for sure. Yeah. And it's like back when there was only two divisions, even harder to win. And you guys did it six years in a row. I mean, now that you're a head coach outside of the recruiting aspect that the private schools can, can do, let's, let's be real. Um, outside of that though, like, what do you think, enable someone to have that kind of a run i mean is it a good amount of recruiting in the ikwf club or i mean there's got to be parts to it outside of that though as well you know yeah you know and i always tell people like i wasn't recruited to providence that providence it really didn't recruit at the time you know it was just it was kind of a booming area and there were some really good feeder programs i mean now it's definitely changed the recruiting process but at you're about the time, to start some message board wars saying Providence didn't recruit in the nineties, man. Here we go. <laughs> no, I mean, they didn't recruit me at least. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, there was really good feeder programs at the time and it just, it kind of all came together. You had really good Tinley park bulldogs, Orland park pioneers, um, little kids from little Celtics and it just, they just all came together and it, it just clicked, you know? And again, once it's like my teenies run, once you get something started, it, it's a lot, it, it, it just snowballs, you know? So, um, I didn't know we were that good at really, I didn't know we were that good at the time until I've been coaching now, you know, um, now that I follow more teams and now there's rankings and all this. And, but at the time I didn't realize what we were doing was, was pretty special. And was there a big off season program when you were at Providence as well? No, there was nothing. Really? So there, there was no organized no. practices outside of that? No, there was, wow. No, there was there was nothing. There was, I was lifting on my own in in a Gold's gym. Um, (laughs) There weren't really any practices or anything like that. How much has it changed? I mean, just the commitment level is unbelievable now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely different. I mean, if you're if you're not running an off season program, then you're probably not being successful right now. When you talk about program building. I don't think people realize how bad Illinois was before Mark Johnson got there. And then you were there for the golden era. I was looking at some results. You guys thumped Iowa when you were a senior. Like, tw- yeah, like pretty bad. Like 25 to yeah, six. We, yes. We, uh, I, I want to say we only lost to Iowa one time. That was at Iowa, which was a crazy experience for me as a sophomore. But yeah, we, and again, same thing. I look at today, like Iowa and Penn state and, like we kind of were Iowa and Penn State back then, you know. Everyone else was a little down. Yeah, we we had some really really good teams. We were ranked as high as one in the nation at the time. Uh, we won the Big Tens uh, in 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, took second in the um, national dual tournament. Um, so yeah, we had we were we were pretty loaded from top to bottom back then. Man, I was looking at some of the lineups in that that 2005 year when you guys got six at nationals. It's so close don't to bring getting that up. up. I know. Yeah, so don't close bring it up. to getting on that podium, man. That is but there were some studs on that team. Like Tara Pelly didn't even place. I mean yeah. Reynolds. I mean, there's so many good guys. The Ohio guys at the lower weights. Cassio Perot? I mean, where did he come from yeah. that year? 
Yeah, I blame Terrapelli for not getting the trophy, but hopefully he's not listening. <laughs> um, you know, that was uh, that was one of our probably my biggest. I would say regret, but my biggest thing that I wish we could have done, especially for Johnson, um, is just to get that team is just to get that trophy, you know, at nationals. And we were so close for so many years and we, we just couldn't get it. And, um, I just, I, we wanted to get it so bad for him and the program and just fell, fell a little bit short. Um, yeah. But what do you think, um, what do you think gets someone to, kind of want to help a coach like that you guys said you want to get it for johnson people have talked about gable the same way they wanted to win for gable what did mark do to kind of command the respect and loyalty of the guys he i mean those guys um heffernan who's obviously still there now and johnson and even the other guys they just they were just guys that that you would be he was the guy like if he says you're disappointed in you you start breaking down and crying you know <laughs> they're just they're just such good human beings not just good wrestling coaches but they're just such good human beings that you would do anything for them you know mm-hmm. um something that i i try to install in my own coaching style now but yeah. um just the way they treat just the way they treat people uh, johnson and half um was just so good um and you just you wanted to see them have the success because you know how hard they would they would do it for you you know yeah. Was uh was Mark Johnson still going by the nickname the Mayor when you were there? He had a lot of he had a lot of nicknames uh the Mayor the Bopper, um you know you name it tough guy uh, whatever <laughs> it is, um he would go by that. He's just a large still than life freaking, kind of guy. He is. If we played football though, I tell him I would I would have freaking ran him over, ran him over. <laughs> he still to this day says he he it wouldn't happen, but. I could. I could get him now, I think. <laughs> so how did you end up there? Were you uh I was looking at some of the old IHSA brackets, didn't have a didn't have a ton of luck finding some of those old brackets, but were you highly recruited coming out of high school and how'd you end up at Illinois? No. Um you know, I definitely I definitely was not. It was a I play uh qualified my sophomore year, um, placed fifth my junior year, and I was always like a lighter weight and then my senior year I just I couldn't start our 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 junior team was nationally ranked. We were ranked number one in the nation at some point, and I I literally I couldn't find a spot in the lineup unless I cut like twenty five pounds. So I ended up wrestling one forty five my junior year. I did all right, um, placed fifth, but it just that that weight cut was just I wasn't reaching my full potential. So um, really hit the weight room hard. I actually got up to like two hundred that summer. So I went from one forty five. Got up to about 200, just lifted, did everything uh, right. And then, you know, I was a little chunky. And then dropped down, obviously, to 171 and just had a really good senior year. Um, I was undefeated all the way up until my last uh, last match, lost in the state finals. But as far as recruiting, no. I mean, I didn't really get recruited until after state. I went to uh, Virginia Beach. They used to have that. It was basically the only national tournament then yeah. at the time in Virginia and had a really good tournament, ended up taking fourth and becoming an All-American. And then from there, um, I just started getting a couple calls and just everything worked out perfectly. Man, I didn't uh, – and when I said I couldn't find the results earlier, I was looking at some of the heavier weights in like those 99, 98 brackets, like 160, 171. I never would have thought to look at 145, so that's why I couldn't find anything. Yeah. That's, an, that's a huge yeah. cut. Yeah. Yeah, so I was I was 145 my sophomore junior year, and then bumped up to one uh, 171. Man, you're, some of the things you're saying it's just making me realize now kids are verbally re- committing as juniors and sophomores. You're in the spring of your senior year, and that's when the recruiting process was kicking off. Then it just changed so much. Yeah, in that you know, and, and again, but I wasn't a I wasn't a big time recruit. You know, a um, couple of my other couple of my other guys, Pasolano and Paul Ogle, I think they had made commitments to Iowa state and Northwestern at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was just a little bit, a little bit behind them, but, but yeah, it's, it's nothing like it, how it is now. Crazy. Not even close. So what was your first, uh, your first moment when you got to Illinois and you realized that this shit is no joke here. It is a whole nother level. Do you have one of those kind of come to Jesus moments? Um, yeah, I got a couple. I mean, one, I went down, <clears throat> I went down into, uh, like I went a little bit early into my summer and I'm, uh, you know, I'm geared up. I'm ready to go. And I, I was wrestling like a 
third string, like 97 pounder. And he just throttled me. Absolutely throttled me. Like, I don't even think I touched his legs. So that was just like a camp. I'm like, oh man, um, I'm in trouble. And then going back, um, obviously when the season started, we had some really good seniors on the team. Um, Ben King, Pat Quirk, uh, Adam Terrapelli was on the team. And they were all 50-year seniors. And, I mean, they would literally just destroy me, destroy me. Um, like Pat Quirk, uh, he was a, a national runner-up mm-hmm. uh, that year. He he made a bet with me. In the beginning of the year, he goes, he goes, uh, he goes at the end of the year, if you don't take me down, you got to take me out for a whole night of dinner and drinks. And I'm thinking – a whole year, I'm not going to take this guy down. Like, that's insane. Like, yeah, I'm going to take you down at least one time. Um, well, sure as heck, I didn't. I did not take him down <laughs> for an entire year. Uh, but with that, he had all these rules like, well, it didn't count if it was a day before uh, a tournament. It didn't count if it was two guys on one. So he stacked the deck uh, <laughs> against me. But needless to say, I did not take him down at all my freshman year. That is it's crazy, and uh, you, we hear these stories time and time again, but it's just it's unbelievable to hear that. Before, like, the RT season, the era of elite high schoolers, it was pretty rare for someone to come in right away and be ready to go. Yeah, and, um, yeah, so I redshirted my freshman year, and then uh, just, again, just didn't think I was going to turn out. I, there's no way I thought I was going to turn out to be a two-time All-American, and then at some point, you know, something clicked, something switched, that that was a – a huge, huge goal of mine. Yeah. And but coach, before we keep going, I know you're a teacher. What time do you have to hop off here? Uh, I'm good. I can talk till about nine. Okay. Beautiful. So you said you didn't really expect your career to turn out that way. And it's kind of counter to some of the things you read now in these self-help books where it's like, if you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there. But I don't necessarily mm-hmm. agree with that. And you just kind of made that point. So if you didn't really have a end goal in mind, what were you thinking about during those tough years, your first two years there? Did you know where you wanted to go or? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would make, yeah, my goals were, when I got there, it was, hey, maybe I could start, you know, maybe I could become a starter my sophomore, junior, senior year, you know, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I start in my freshman year, you know, so then my goals changed, you know, I was definitely making goals. I just, maybe I wasn't setting them uh, as high as I should, you know, at the time. And then I would, I would reach that goal and I just set it a little bit higher and a little bit higher, a little bit higher, you know, and then, um. You know, you know, my ultimate goal was to to be in the national finals. Yeah. Fell a little bit short, but um, still becoming a two time All American, you know, was was on my list as well. Well, and the fact that you, when your your senior year, you beat uh, was it Bradley from Penn State? Mm-hmm. I mean, he beat you at the Big Tens, and you beat him twice at nationals two weeks later. I mean, what a way to to finish things out. Yeah, I did. I, I finished a real strong. I think it was the only time Bradley beat me too, by the way, which screwed my seat at nationals, but at Big Tens. Um, but yeah, I, I finished definitely on a, on a high note at my senior year nationals. And so who were some of your Take workout me. partners back then for the, uh, for the fighting Illini? Um, well, like I said, those, those first year guys helped tremendously. There yeah. was, uh, uh, Ben King and, uh, Pat Quirk. And then uh, a little bit later, you know, we got, we had Matt Lackey was around there. Uh, Jason Potter was around my weight. Tyrone Bird was around my weight. Anthony Castillo was around my weight. Um, even at a Russell, John Lockhart, uh, national champ heavyweight every once in a while. So Dude, it was Lackey, a good, uh, Lockie's from my hometown area. He's a hometown yeah. hero. Yeah. Oh, of course he is. Dude. He's un- a good dude. Unbelievably just like wrestling freak in that sense, man. Unbelievable. Yeah. Mad awareness. Yes. Yeah. He, when he turned it on, you were in trouble. You were in trouble when he wanted to turn it on. I bet. Um, what is the uh, what is the story with you at Carver as a sophomore? You said uh, it was your first time. So, there. yeah. So that was well. Actually, my take it could go back. My first time at Carver, um, you know, before rankings, I went to. Um, so when I was redshirting, I went to, and this is kind of uh, the the start of hey, I want to start for Illinois and I want to be there. Is um, I go to Carver for the it was the fir- my first nationals I ever went to. So I was redshirting. It was the year Minnesota had 10 All-Americans. 2001. And I just – yep, 2001. So I remember going there, and I've never seen anything like it. Um, haven't missed a national since that day. Uh, take that back. My daughter was born two days before New York. That was the only one I ever missed. Um, 
So I go there and I'm in just in awe of this national tournament. You have, it's at Iowa. So you have Iowa fans screaming, you have Minnesota chanting 10. It was, and I, from that point I was like, I, I want to be there. You know, I want to be out on those mats competing. Um, and I never, I never followed college wrestling beforehand. So, you know, it was obviously a little bit different, but that was just the one moment that I was like, I, I have to be down there. This is one of the coolest experiences I've ever seen in my life. Man, um, so that was my first Iowa experience. Um, so the other one was when we wrestled there and we were pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I thought we would, we could potentially hang with Iowa, but this was at Iowa. So I'm wrestling a guy, Tyler next. And he was, I wrestled him a couple times. He was the first time I wrestled him. He had the bendy knee. I could never take him down. And one of my kind of go-to things was I, I just, I was a grinder. I just kept coming at you. I kept coming at you. Um, wasn't the best technique, but I just wouldn't stop. And I'm wrestling him and it's a close match and the Iowa fans are yelling stalling. And I'm like, and I'm thinking in my, and you know, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like stalling. No one in my entire life has ever said I was stalling. Right. So I keep wrestling and they're yelling stalling again. And I'm like, am I? And so now I'm doubting myself. I'm like, am I stalling? Like, I think, I think I'm stalling. And it just made it, it just made my home. It was terrible. I got my ass kicked, um, and I, I ended up stalling. I was, <laughs> I ended up stalling just because they were yelling stalling. And I remember that was like, yeah, when you wrestle at Iowa, it's different. It's different for sure. Man, it's so, uh, it's so crazy to hear that it actually does get in your head because, like, I, there it did. Yeah, I grew up an Iowa fan, and then in college, I was kind of in my early twenties. I was kind of annoyed with the fans a little bit. And now I'm back to being an Iowa fan. And uh, I went to the Penn State duel. And some of the times they yell stalling. I'm like, that ain't stalling. That isn't even right. close to stalling. But you know it impacts the ref. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, it, though, it, there's no doubt about it. It, it's, it. it affected me, you know. Yeah. Maybe it shouldn't have, but it definitely did. Well, especially for Mark to go back there, being Gable's right-hand man for all those years. You know, he has a lot of history at Carver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Would he give so, you guys, like, pregame uh, – talk not pregame but like pre-match talks about what it's going to be like in there and what to expect just from all his years there um i don't remember to be honest you know um yeah i don't know i don't i I can't remember that to be honest he didn't didn't play it up um no so you said when you went to carver that was kind of like your ignition moment where you said this hey this for the nationals not for the duel um yeah so would you kind of over the next couple of years, would you come back to that moment and like visualize and think back to that during any hard times or did visualization play a role in your, in your game at all back then? Yeah, no, absolutely. I was a big, you know, visualize what you want, see your match, uh, try to teach it today. Um, but that was like, that was just like my starting moment. And then I just had, just feel like going back, I just had different moments over the course of my career that propelled me to get to that next step, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Freshman year, I remember uh, going back to uh, Ben King. He was a fifth-year senior who used to punish me at practice. And uh, I remember he would always lose to this kid from Missouri who was an All-American the year before. In my freshman year, uh, I lost him with the Missouri Open by like a point. And just that, that match was like, hey, I, I could do this, you know. And then from there, it just I just got a little bit better, a little bit better, had a little bit more confidence, and then, you know, just started rolling after that. Man, that, it's crazy how progression happens. I mean, it really does if you're around the right type of people in college. Exactly. And I think, I, again, I've been so fortunate to be around such good coaches and right programs and good programs that uh, it's huge. And, and the right people, too. You know, right. obviously hanging out, hanging out with the right people that have the same goals as you is extremely important. Extremely important. Yeah, it's everything. Um, especially when you're going through that kind of grind together. So 2005, we talked about it earlier, even though it's a, maybe a sore subject, it's really one of Illinois' best seasons ever. Um, so did Mark never hit the podium as a coach during those during no. his time there? That's no. crazy to no, me. No, we never did. That's freaking nuts. Yeah, we were always, yeah, we were always a, a little bit, little bit short. Even that 2001 team finished fifth. Um, you know, we finished sixth the following year. They were up there, and they they we just we're just a little bit little bit short, but it's it is it's tough to do. It's you know? unbelievable. It, I mean, to take a program that was so down and out, and then to kind of make them into a power. I mean, for sure, make them into a power, and still never hit the top four. Yeah. 
just shows you what it takes. I mean, how impressive these programs are that do it year in and year out. It's unbelievable, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, what, what some of the teams are doing and the old teams have done, it's, it's impressive. There's no doubt about it. What do you think about the state of the fighting Illini these days? Are you still following closely? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, still good friends with uh, Mike Poeta. Still talk to uh, Jimbo and, and uh, Hunter and those guys. I, I think they're they're doing really good things. Uh, super and uh, like to see where they're going to be in the next couple of years. I think they're, they're, they're close. They're really close. Some of those young guys they have wrestling now uh, are competing really good. I think uh, Jim and Poeta and Hunter are on the right track of getting the right guys in and they're mm-hmm. definitely moving forward for sure. And again, it's a, and I think, again, they got, they got kind of the Johnson in them, Johnson in them as far as, uh, the style, just how you build a program, you know. Uh, there's no doubt they were down for a couple years, and um, but I think uh, this year, next year, they're moving on the right track for sure. So I'm super excited to see where they're going. They're having a sneaky good season, and I say sneaky yeah, because right. you don't hear a lot about them because Illinois Athletic Department doesn't do a lot. It seems like to promote <laughs> them, but at least I feel no. that way. Um, but man, they beat some no. good teams. They need a new. Yeah, or get a new facility, which is should be coming here pretty soon. So really. Yeah. That's, a, that's so hopefully, exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like you go in, Huff Hall's cool, and like the wrestling room isn't bad, but it's like in this day and age, it's an arms race, you know? Yeah. And that's that's kind of one of the things they're fighting over there is that, you know, a wrestling mat's a wrestling mat. And I love Huff Hall and what it, the history that it has. But, you know, when you go and look at Ohio State and Penn State and, and Iowa's going to get theirs, it's, it's, hard to co- it's hard to compete with that, especially I think kids these days are, uh, they look at that stuff. That's important, you know? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah, you know, so, you know, Illinois needs to, to get up on page and I know those coaches are, are trying everything they're doing. Um, so hopefully they get there. Yeah. I, th- I think they will. That Piotrowski is really tough, man. He's, he's kind of under the radar as well, but I really like him at 33. Yeah. Fun to watch. Fun to is. watch. Yeah. Um, and so do you still follow college wrestling now? Yeah. Yeah. I still follow it quite a bit. What do you think of, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but did you see the mat layout for the Nationals? I did. I saw that yesterday. Um, kind of crazy, right? It looks cool. Our our seats are in the horseshoe, which I'm not too happy about because I don't I don't think there's any way we could see the probably the other four mats on the other end. Yeah. Um, I, do th- I do like the idea of something different, though, you know, trying to give wrestling just a, a little bit of a boost. So, you know, if it, if it fails – you know, if it fails for, for one year, then um, at least they tried something. You right. Know? I uh, I thought for sure they were going to put a divider at the 50-yard line and make it real tight. You know, when I when I went to the trials in 04 with my mom, it was at the RCA Dome. They did that, and it was awesome. And it made it – and that's how they do it for Final Four as well, basketball, right? So I right. Believe, I'm kind of bummed that they're doing it like that. It looks so big. But then I thought in 97 at the UNI Dome, that's a football field – but then someone told me online, it's like, dude, that's fourteen thousand. This is fifty thousand. So I'm right. shocked that they're going to put the whole arena out there. I don't know if I yeah, like I mean, it personally. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. If they could, if they, if it gets packed with fifty thousand, I think it'll be, it'll be definitely worth it. You know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what what it'll sell out, but you think we'll ever see something different change? Center? I hope not, because uh, going to Nationals is like my favorite trip of the year. And I want to like go away, you know. I don't want to just go to the United Center. I want to go, even if it's in St. Louis or wherever. I, I don't want it. I don't want it here. I want to go away. That's fair. What um, I know the Olympic trials are coming up. I'd love to get some some predictions out of you there. Just some thoughts on on some of the guys in the field, man. What do you think at a at, at twenty five with the lower weights? What do you What are you seeing? Um, oh man, I don't know. I th- those guys are those guys are so close. Um. I don't follow the international as much, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't want to piss anyone off, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's just um, it's just so many good guys this year with like yeah, it's, league, it's Rose, insane, fix. right? I mean, it's nuts. Yeah, I mean, every weight is is just crazy. Um, I mean, up and down the lineup, and you know, obviously now the whole uh, Cox uh, Snyder thing, but yeah, um, yeah, it's just crazy. Those guys, it's crazy that those guys put all those times in our team is so good, but you know, we have so few, there's just so few weights, you know, yeah, it really, it's nuts. I mean, every four years, six, seven guys, I don't yeah. know, everyone who's wrestling in the United States gets to go. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, 
Well, one of the topics that's been super relevant to me this year, and I think to a lot of people online, is how high schools manage the dual state tournament. Mm-hmm. And you've you've been in the thick of it for for ten years. Yeah. I mean, you guys were in the sectional finals for a long time, and then busted through and placed at dual state. How does Illinois do it now for the qualification and the tournament? Uh, so you got to win your regional in an individual tournament, and then it's then it's just random draw, which is which is kind of the kind of been the issue is that um, a lot of the top teams aren't even getting a trophy. Uh, because it's just a random draw. None of it's seeded. So, you know, for years when we were in 2A, we were kind of on the bad end of it. Um, so it's 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 almost like a crapshoot. Like you can get the good end of the bracket or the bad end and maybe get a, uh, maybe get a trophy. Um, when it's all said and done, though, the team that's the best is winning it, mm-hmm. um, which is really all they care about. Um, team. So- of that second, third, fourth, you know what I mean? So you're saying that the four, so they, regional, so they do the, the, the four regional champs aren't seated when they wrestle? Correct, okay. correct. So the four regional champs are not seated, and then if you win if you win your sectional, then the top eight at state are not seated as well. Gotcha. So who were you guys bumping up against in two-way for a couple years there? I read that uh, we kept like losing the, the champ every year, something like that. Yeah, well, Washington and Montini. And then one year was uh, – was your team Geneseo? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, that they had some yeah. good teams, but not when I was there. We were we had some good individual no. teams, but it was only two divisions, and we didn't have a chance. Yeah. No, they had uh, they had a really good team six seven years ago, maybe okay. give or take. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, we were always we were always losing to Washington and Martini before Martini was up in three uh, A. And then the 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 team dual state is the week after individuals. I do like that because in Iowa they do it Wednesday, and the individual tournament starts on Thursday. <laughs> I don't know. If yeah, you know, that that's crazy. that's great. It's yeah, that is that's even worse than how Illinois is. It's tough. I mean, you're coming off the state tournament, and then you wrestled that duel on Tuesday. It's, you're, you got kids trying to make weight. You know, some kids just had their dreams crushed. Some kids just won a state trophy. So everyone's head's not in the right place. Um, and I've heard a lot of different suggestions of what to do, when to do it. Um, I think having like a 16 team middle of the year thing i think would be pretty cool where you know they seed it if you want in you want in because there's some teams that win the regional that you're getting crushed instantly you know uh and they probably wouldn't even put in for it so i like i know there's been coaches talking about kind of a mid-season state tournament i like that idea i think that would be good um right before state and right after state it's just tough you know that tuesday duel after state is like one of the weirdest energy duels you'll ever go yeah. to. you know like because the guys it who is. didn't make it they don't even Going to Champagne's a party. They're slamming dipping dots all weekend. They're bl- <laughs> they're blowing <laughs> right. up in weight. It's like man, uh, it's so you're talking about middle of the year. What time do you think it'd be January or December? This this dual tournament you're talking about. If it was your way, um, yeah, I, I think in January, sometime sometime in January. I know coach has been talking about it. I don't know how much steam it has, but I me personally, I think that'd be a good time to do it. And would you still do it? Kind of like the uh, like the a, what is it the Abe the Abe's Rumble like the class uh, one and two A teams have I don't know if you know that uh-uh. they have like a it's like a sixty four team tournament dual t- tournament and it's basically like every class A and two A team uh, is there um, and they kind of do it around January so kind of the same thing for three A. This is in Illinois. They do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've been a little bit removed from the uh, from the Illinois circuits for better part of ten years or so, so I wasn't. I wasn't aware of that. So that's, so they would still do that, and then 3A would do their own thing, and you would just kind of enter in 16 yeah, teams right. and hammer it out. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting that some schools probably don't even want to win the regionals because the regionals are pretty lopsided. Like, if you're in the Chicago public school one, that's like, if you win that, that's tough. You know, you're in trouble. Right. Yeah, right, for sure. Okay. You know, and then to go up against someone get crushed, you know. And what about in college? You were, like you said, when you were in, in 2005, Illinois got second in the national duels. That's pretty mm-hmm. awesome that, you know, the team individually got six, but hey, at the duels, number two team in the country, that should have been something that was celebrated. But because the NCA wasn't behind the national duels, probably don't hear as much about it yeah. as, as you could have. Do you think college is better off without the duels, or do you like it? Um, I, I liked it back then because we were we were doing good, you yeah. know. Um, you know, I 
I know they've tried to do the duel. I, I personally, I like how they do it now. You yeah. know, the the individual tournament. Um, just something. There's something I'm used to, though. You know. Uh, yeah. But but yeah, it's I, I I like how they do it now, setting up the the tournaments. The duels. Are, it was fun though. You know, everyone likes duels. It, you know, brings the team together and and stuff like that. But. I like how they do it now. I wouldn't. I wouldn't change it. So you're a purist. All right. So you're on that side. Yeah. Dude, anytime <laughs> there's like a big change. duel, man, I uh, I freaking there's a just a rumbling of people saying, man, duel should be the the way to do it. Um, but I mean, how can you argue the national tournament's like the fourth most yeah. attended college event? I know. It's it, it's just it's one of the greatest things I watch every year, and I just I wouldn't want to take anything away from that. I'm ashamed to admit this will be my first year ever going to nationals. You never went to nationals. No. Oh my gosh, dude! I'm so excited. Yeah, you yeah. should be. You should be ashamed. Oh, yeah, I'm ashamed. <laughs> dude, big time! I feel like this will be the, you know, I'll never miss again after this. I'm really excited to get there. We'll have to, yeah, uh, definitely have to meet up when we get there. Yeah, like I said, my my first one was in that 2001, and uh, I go with the same buddies every year. So I, I either was competing in it, and then after I had to miss one, and my daughter was born, and my wife gave me a date. Of she's like okay if she's born on this day you could go, and she was literally born like the next day. So I missed New York. I was I was pretty upset about it. But was that Dake Taylor that year too? No, I did not miss Dake Taylor. Okay. What um two more questions for then we'll let you go here. What's one of the more memorable matches you've seen at at the Nationals that you comes to mind right away? Oh, um, I think the right away you're saying that that the Metcalf one. The Caldwell Metcalf, you know, you can't, you can't forget that one. Um, you know, just the whole, the whole cartwheel and things like that, and just getting the energy, the energy going. That was pretty crazy for sure. That was awesome. Um, yeah, and then, uh, you know, uh, on a, a bad note, Poeta, you know, um, Poeta losing in the finals twice was was a killer. Uh, you know, I'm pretty close with him, so to watch him lose twice and you know losing to Burroughs who at the time Burroughs wasn't Burroughs but um you know it was it was heartbreaking to watch him lose lose those two who was the second one lean from Cornell yeah lean yep Jordan God, Lee dude, Poeta he was a when I was a freshman the only year I went to Fargo he was like the team captain and he was like mm-hmm. a senior and he was I was so gun shy and so nervous he was like larger than life I mean that guy in high school was lights out like yeah he was yeah, he was really good. So he was a he was a redshirt freshman uh, when I was a senior. So I got a good story about him. <clears throat> so and this wasn't set up. So this was after my junior year. I had just all American, and it was like the next week or sometime shortly after there. And me and a, a couple of my roommates, uh, Mark Jane from St. Ed's, and we go to church, right? So I grew up Catholic. So we were like, you know what? Let's go to church. Now we probably only went to church like five times in five years. Right. So we go to church, we're walking out of church and Johnson is with, is, is on his recruiting trip with Poeta and Poeta's parents. And we're literally walking right out of the church and Johnson's walking up right with uh, Poeta and his parents. And it was just like a perfect setup. Like, look, this is, this is, uh, this is, this is our, our team captains, Brian Glenn and Mark Jane. And they're, they're good kids. They're walking right out of church. It was almost like a setup, but it wasn't, you know, and, and Johnson's like, oh, man, that was great. That was so good. You guys walked right out at the perfect time. So God, that's hilarious. It, was yeah, Florida looking work. at other schools, seriously? Uh, I don't know, to be honest. I'm not sure. I think he was pretty set um, going to Illinois. His high school coach was uh, – Griff Powell was an All-American in Illinois. So I think he was pretty set. But yeah. I like to say that my – my church story, you know, really sealed the deal with his, with his parents. <laughs> Made the difference, man. I had to think. And, man, you're talking about back then, all the good Illinois wrestlers went to Illinois. And I think they still do now. But there was a year, maybe mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, where some of the guys went out of state. I mean, look at Iowa's last three weights. They're all Illinois guys. You know, it's like that's, yeah. that's, that, that's tough to see. Um, really tough to it see. It is. Um, yeah, I think that's something I know that the coaching staff is, is wants to change for sure. You know, yeah. you got to keep those Illinois guys, I mean, you know, and then supple, supplement them in with some, you know, Ohio guys and, and California guys. So we got yeah. some good guys coming in, though, for sure, at Illinois. The California pipeline to Illinois, I'll never understand how it started or what the connection is, but it is real. Yeah, I think it's, it started with the Terrapellis, I believe, but I don't know how they got started, you know. I don't either. Um, 
Well, actually, but yeah, there was one of the things. There was a, I mean, there's a bunch, you know, and, and Delgado, yeah, there's a bunch Imar, of California guys. Like the, of all yeah, the Illinois national yeah, Gabe champs, Flores. the amount that are Californians, there's got to be more than right. the ones that aren't, you know, like by far. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I would, I don't want to say that, but two yeah, two Imar, two Delgado. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tara Pelly. Getting crazy. That's five. I mean, that's that's quite a bit. Probably not all time, but definitely in the last. You know, in the last couple years, for yeah, sure. Absolutely. You know, um, last 10, I, 15 years, 20 years. I was actually thinking when I had Terrapelli on, he, I think I asked him that question, how the California thing start? And he goes, I was at Fargo and my dad knew Mark Johnson somehow. And he's like, I got this kid, Williams, like TJ Williams. And uh, Mark Johnson's yeah. like, you'll be lucky to, uh, to stay in the match. Like, you'll be lucky to not get teched, right? <laughs> and he, like, battles him. Like, he got beat by TJ, but he battled him close. And then Mark Johnson's like, shit, maybe I should take a look here. Because, like, TJ was going the Jinko <laughs> route. And uh, I think that right. might, might have been how it started for, for him. But anyway, man, it's been it's been a good run for those guys. And I'm excited to see what Illinois has coming up at the Nationals and then in the subsequent years. Last thing yeah. we always ask everybody is, you know, how did wrestling change your life or how has – or what values have you taken away from wrestling that you carry with you to this day? Um, what are some of the things that jump out to you, man? You know, it's, I mean, obviously I've been, I've been doing it my entire life and it's my career right now, you know, but just uh, the, the characteristics and the traits and how I live my life started at a young age, you know, even on the mat, you know, making memories with uh, coaches and friends. And I mean, literally everything that, that, I do and how I father and how I parent and how I coach is because of wrestling, you know, and now, you know, without wrestling, I don't, I don't know where I'd be because it's my career, you know? So I just try, you know, all those memories and relationships I've made over the years is something that I try to do with, with my high school kids now, you know, um, I want them to have the success and the accomplishment and, uh, just all those things that I experienced, you know, yeah. Uh, so it's basically what I'm what I'm trying to do with my high school kids now. If I could do that, you know, that's that's what it's all about. You know, yeah, it's about wins and losses, but you know, you know the just the the family and and again, it's something what that I learned from Johnson and Heffernan and and all the great coaches that I've had over the years. Awesome, man. Well, it's been an honor to chat with you. I look forward to meeting at the nationals and go line it man i'm excited to see what they can yeah. uh, put together here near the end of the season brother thank you again for sure yeah no problem dude, crew, do it let's again. do it baby let's do it put the headphones hey. back on here i'll just get my day started can you hear me okay yeah i can hear you cool cool so my one of my uh coaches he would have literally killed me if i didn't tell this one because it's like his favorite story of all time and i thought i i completely forgot when we started getting sidetracked anyway Perfect. so we're going so this is so this is in high school. We had just won two team team state titles, and we're going to win our third. And you know how like every high school room's got you know you listen to ACDC or you know whatever it is. And ours was ours was Motley Crue. So we had uh, Matt Kukla. You know Matt Kukla. Oh yeah. Uh, so Matt Kukla. About? Yes. So Matt Kukla um, is like an avid Motley Crue. Like he knows. Everyone in the band, he knows every song. He knows, like, the backup drummer. He knows, like, everything about Motley Crue. So all year we would listen to Motley Crue the whole, the whole year. So we're going – we're in the hotel. It's the it, – so we're at the hotel. It was in, I believe, the Quad Cities that year. Yeah. So um, we're in the hotel, and all of a sudden he comes up into the rooms. This is the day before we wrestle. We're supposed to wrestle. We're supposed to weigh in the next day on the Saturday for, to, to wrestle our third – title and he's like hey you're not going to believe this he's like i'm on the elevator and i recognize somebody in the band from motley crew i forget who it was it wasn't one of the main guys it was like because he knows everything about motley crew so he recognizes someone he gets talking to him and the guys are like oh what are you doing here he's like oh we're wrestlers we're going for our third team title he goes hey we got a show across the street you guys want to come so long story short our whole wrestling team gets invited to backstage Motley Crue. It's like across the street. This is the night before we're wrestling for our third title. So we go backstage. Did Healy um, allow this? Like, how, do, how was this yeah. presented to Coach Healy? How, how did you, how did you massage so, this thing? 
So not even Healy wasn't there, but our principal, Father McGrath, who was with us. We had uh, our father, the principal of the school, also came with us. So we're backstage with Tommy Lee. He's he's handing out uh, his drumsticks. The whole gang is back there. So we get this like backstage tour with Motley Crue. And then they're like, hey, you guys could stay. So we're like, oh, my God. Now, again, we got to get up at like. I don't know, six or something in the next morning. I forget what time this was, but it wasn't early. It was late. And um, so we're there. So we're in the crowd with with watching a Motley Crue concert. And they had cages, you know, for like, because Motley Crue had some crazy stuff going on. So I remember the the guy that was like kind of letting us stay. He's like, hey, you guys are more than welcome to stay the whole night. He goes, but I'm just going to let you know that some of, there's going to be some people coming out of these cages. I don't know if it's appropriate. And again, we had Healy. We had all our coaches there. We had the, uh, our priests there. So we stayed for probably, it was probably like 20, 30 minutes. Uh, we stayed, got backstage, and then uh, and then went and the next day and won our third uh, trophy. So on our rings, we got like the, the Motley Crue, uh, you know, we got like the Motley Crue uh, symbol, you know, on our rings for it was our third one in a row. God, so. that is that's almost unbelievable. Like the coincidence here, that's crazy. Yeah, right. That's and so that cool. Matt Kukla again would know, like, like uh, just like, it was like a roadie. Like he, he even knew who like the roadies were in the band, oh recognized them, God. and then just got to talking. So I know exactly where that must have been it because I'm you know I'm from the Quad Cities. The Mark is right by yeah. Wharton Fieldhouse. Yep. And so yeah. uh, you guys were probably right down there. I mean, so you were hanging out before the show started with the guys yeah yeah we we got to go backstage um probably 10 15 minutes got to meet you know the whole the whole band and then cool. um yeah oh yeah they were really cool i mean how was tommy lee not cool that's true you know no uh, no, um, no shenanigans going on at the time they were they were on the up and up with the high scores around there like, well i think that's why they I think that's why they told us we had to leave yeah, because they're like, Hey, down afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's cages. I don't know who's going to be in these cages, but I don't think uh, <laughs> the high school kids should see them, you know? Man, <laughs> so thank God we got that story out. That would have been a travesty not to get that one out. That's unbelievable. I know. I know. Yeah. That's wow. a, that's a good one. Dude. I'm going to, I might post that as a video like later today. That that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's cool. Sweet, man. Well, thanks for sharing that. I appreciate it. All right, no problem. Take care, buddy. All right, later. And all great things must come to an end. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, give us a review, give us a rating, and share this with your friends. It would mean the world to us. Thanks for listening to Wrestling Changed My Life.